Yo, John Fitch here. John Fitch knows nothing, and it's a uh, it's a beautiful Easter Sunday. We got some nice weather, nice sun today here out in San Jose. It's a good day. Had the uh, it's not my weekend with the kids, but I had the kids uh, dropped off for a couple hours. They did a little egg hunt in the backyard. It's not a very big backyard, but still have fun with it, hiding eggs. I wish I had a lot more space, but oh well, get the job done. They have fun. They get some candy. I get some bunnies. Yep, it's a good day. Hope you all are having a good day. We had a pretty great show last week with Chris Lytle on. I thought that was pretty awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Now I'm looking forward to the next Bare Knuckle event. Should be good. Um... <clears throat> There were fights last night. It was a slow, slower weekend for fights. I think there might have been a one FC, but I didn't see it. And then uh, we had the UFC, UFC two eighty seven. There's enough to talk about to fill up an hour, <laughs> so we'll get into that. Um, some of it that I've noticed is really is really bothering me, and it's really what I, I dislike about what's going on in MMA the most. And I called it ages ago. And it came to fruition, which sucks. <laughs> this is the last thing I wanted to happen. But let's uh, let's get into some of the fights. Uh, make sure you guys jump in, in the chat. I'm going to go chronologically through the card. Uh, we'll do the main event last. So hold your horses on some of the comments towards that. Uh, I'll get some through the other fights kind of quick. And we'll get through the, the meat, the meaty fights, right? Because there were some meaty fights. Um that we'll cover and uh yeah so try to keep along all right if you got something pressing you want to make sure i notice and talk about send a super chat bros all right having a little sunday night coffee help me get to sleep later Ooh. yep i did shave i shaved you guys it comes back pretty quick though I have bunny ears today, too, if you didn't notice. So are my regular ears. Let's get to the UFC. Let's do it. Early prelims, I did catch some of them. Uh, notable things was the Amarim Hughes fight, the girls' fight there. Uh, Jacqueline was superior submission expert grappler, but Hughes had blue belt level of defense, and with that blue belt level of defense, she was able to shut down a lot of those offensive attacks, which wore Amarim out, and she slowly faded and didn't have the gas, did not have the gas to make it the full 15 minutes. She needs some work on her double leg. And always fighting, guys, if you're a fighters or whatever, and you really care <laughs> to know, but you got to be fighting for top position. You got to be, you got to fight for top. If you are slick with submissions, great, go for the submissions, but you have to always be fighting to top, right? You rarely want to finish from the bottom. You need to be getting to top, holding that top position. Even when you get to the back, you get to the back, you got uh, a body triangle. You can't get the choke. You, you spend 10, 15 seconds there, can't get the choke. You need to start looking to move to the next position, which is to mount, try to like get back on top. You know you're in an awesome position with that body triangle, but it's not jujitsu. And MMA cares more about the show and the entertainment than they do about the actual skill of winning the fight. So getting that to the back, getting to the back body triangle, uh, 
it can be difficult to finish because they just shut down and shut their neck. And it's an awkward punching position. Sometimes you can get to a place where you can throw good elbows, but it's not easy. It's hard. It's hard to finish from that position if you don't do it quickly. So it's not in your best interest to stay there. You have to get that position, fight for the choke. You can't get it. Start fighting to get on top. Look to go to mount. And then you can use that to transition to another submission or ground and pound once you're up on top. But alas, so many people are so stuck in the, the jujitsu mindset, they forget that they're not in the sport of jujitsu. They're in a, a MMA fight, any fight. That's that's a that's a skill set that you have to learn for self-defense also. Rolling underneath and submitting somebody with an arm bar might not be a great idea. You might be better off sweeping them to get on top before you go to finish the arm bar. Just saying, you're less likely to get punted because you're going to have an opportunity to disconnect if you need to, if you can see that other person coming or whatever. In the MMA game, gravity is, is a weapon. Gravity is a weapon. And if you don't know how to use gravity, you're fucked. <laughs> Sorry, you are. Okay? When you're on bottom, you're fighting the other guy and you're fighting gravity. It's not good. Your energy bar is going to get crunched down a lot faster than that person on top because they, the person on bottom is carrying their own weight and the person on top's weight. And if the person on top knows how to amplify that gravity, knows how to amplify his body weight like Khabib does, like I used to do, that's trouble. It's going to be trouble. Uh, then we had Yolan Garcia. Garcia with the big KO. Round two, 36 seconds. Um, I think Shaw was doing all right up until then. But Ogden, uh, Bahamundes, they were really greasing up Bahamundes. And he was all right, you know, looking on his feet. Ogden just wasn't pulling the trigger and pressing enough. But it was one of those feats that was kind of like it felt a patty cake back and forth. Like it was a coin toss to who we were going to give the decision there. Uh, then we get into the preliminary card, the prelim. What is going on with the Rockfin? Hmm. Sorry, guys. I'm checking my Rockfin. It's not looking like it's working right. Hmm. What is going on? Any guys over on the Rockfin trying to watch? I don't know what's happening. I hope this is going through all right. Sorry about this technical issue, guys, but there we go. Now it looks like it's up. I don't know. Sometimes that, uh, Let's see. Let's see. All right, all right. All righty. So preliminary card. We're getting to the preliminary card now. And uh, we were robbed of the Chris uh, Barnett and the Sherman fight. That was something I would have liked to have seen. Chessia and uh, Jing Lang also a big fight. I would I really really like to see something that actually kind of would shuffle the welterweight weight class. See, position some guys for bigger fights maybe. But uh, Cavallo and Guy Gardinez, 
Um, man, they gave it to Gardinez, but like I, that was a coin toss thing for me too. It seemed like there was a lot of back and fourth pitter patter on the stand up. I like I like to see a fight that has decisive like you know what the other person's trying to do you see what they're doing you see what their game plan is you see what's going on i don't like just like okay i'm gonna throw some punches you throw some punches i throw some punches you throw some punches it's just it's it's a coin toss like you don't really seem like you're trying like you're throwing your punches make a miss put a press with more punches but it's just like back and forth and back and forth and then somebody lands something and it's over and it just doesn't it doesn't reek of skill to me. That's bums in the street. They're just closing their eyes and throwing combinations. I don't like seeing that. Uh, Pfeiffer and Mearshart. This was a good fight. Uh, Pfeiffer is impressive. He's been looking good. He looks like a beast. Um, and at Melderweight, they need, they desperately need new blood. They desperately need new blood at middleweight. So I'm hoping. Some of these guys move forward and make some ways and push some of the other guys out. Because, like, I was reading some article today, uh, I think, what was this, Bloody Elbow, talking about how all the top, the next top five guys have all lost to Adesanya already. So we need new blood at 185, 100%. Uh All right, all right, all right. So I don't know. What do you guys think of Pfeiffer? I've seen Pfeiffer fight twice. He's, he's impressed me both times. Uh, Mirschkart is a is a veteran. He's been around a while. He's tough. So that's a that's a that's a good feather in his cap. It's a good win. Uh, Gerald, yeah, I mean he's got more than forty fights, thirty five and sixteen. That's a lot of experience. Young blood Pfeiffer came in and performed. Watterson dropped decision to Pinheiro. And this last fight of the preliminary main card was a fun fight to watch. It was a fun fight to watch. But at the same time, this was another one of those back-and-forth pitter-patter type fights where I couldn't pick a clear winner. Uh, Gastelum was doing a lot more output and was moving around a lot more. But it looked to me like Curtis was landing heavier shots and doing more air quotes damage because that isn't that what we're supposed to, to judge fights based on? Even though the, the rules don't say anything about damage, that's what all the announcers talk about nonstop. Oh, he's throwing with more effective damage. That has nothing to do with the rules. The rules are never mentioned at one time, right? Using techniques that help further the fight to the, to the finish, if that's your definition for damage, then they need to write it down somewhere because you can't just make up your own definition I don't know. I don't buy it. You're telling me that you can tell the difference between one punch and another punch? Like, that's all opinion. Some people think punches landed harder than other ones. Oh, it hurt. they hurt a loud slap. Well, sometimes the foot slaps, and just, there's no damage there at all. But they'll be like, oh, look at the damage it did, because they left toe prints on the, on the skin. Well, you can slap somebody, <laughs> and it might sting the skin a little bit, but that doesn't mean it did any damage. It doesn't mean it furthered the fight to the, to the finish. I don't, I don't understand uh, the m mentality with some of this stuff, man. But Gasm did look um, good. He did look sharp. But the rules throw me off. 
Because which one is more important? The guy who's landing bigger punches or the guys who's landing more punches? And then were there clear indicators that Curtis or even Gaslam, like uh, like knees buckled or showed that something bothered them? Or did they change the pace of the fight? Did they start limping or switch stances? Like those are the things that are signifiers to me that damage has been done, right? The guy changed the way he was fighting the fight because something hurts, right? It's not, oh, that punch looked like it hurt. How do you know? How do you know what looks like it hurt? If the guy doesn't change anything, if nothing is altered with how he's fighting, it doesn't look to me like there was any damage done. There, there are guys like back in the day, I've brought this up before, like Gab or Cabbage or, or even Mark Hunt, guys with like crazy chins. You can hit them five, six times with crazy huge punches, but they just walk through it like it's nothing. Do you really score that as more damage? It doesn't bother them. So, like, how, how does it count as damage? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you can judge that other than they did something, right? One guy punched another guy, kicked another guy, did something to the other guy that made him change the way he was fighting. His body language changed. His energy levels changed. He had to change his stance. You know, even, even visible cuts and bruising and swelling doesn't really do that much for me because some people just swell. Some people just bleed. Uh, one of the Diaz, right? The older Diaz had that cut, and it was always open. You'd, you'd slap him with a baby's hand, and he would probably bleed. But I don't think that means that somebody hit him and did a lot of damage because if his chin's solid and it doesn't phase him, if you get hit by a truck and keep walking forward, how do you really call that damage? Do you say, oh, man, Superman was so damaged by that car that hit him? No, the car got folded in half. Superman didn't get a bruise. <laughs> right? Does that does that make sense at all? I got to go to the superheroes. I got to bring up the superhero <laughs> to, to, to make people think. Right? Oh, my God, that train hit Superman with so much power. That was a lot of damage. Mm, not really. It's Superman. He, he didn't even get scratched. So that's my, that's my, that's my deal. All right. So Andy Lee's saying, so why not 10 judges like gymnastics or diving? I say you're overcomplicating it, man. And adding more, it doesn't do anything. Take away more, right? It should be, should be less, less judges. How about no judges? How about you finish the fight or it's a draw? How about that? We eliminate, lose, we eliminate that all together. There's no more decision losses. There's no more decision wins. You either finish the guy or it's a draw. I think we should also extend the times. Start Take away some of the rounds. Like, why do we need so many rounds? Have one big block of time. Make these guys fight for 20 minutes straight. You're going to have a lot more finishes. And then add, yeah, right? Take away the restrictions to uh, techniques you can do. Let people, like, don't let them hit the brain stem because you don't want any people to die. But side, back of the head, there's plenty of places on the head that you can hit them without damaging the spine, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with headbutts. Let's eliminate the no headbutting rule. Let's eliminate the no knees to the head on the ground rule. Let's eliminate the soccer kicks rule. That's how you get the finishes. That's how you eliminate the scoring problem. You could do 20 minutes for a uh, – 
non-title fight 30 minutes straight or 35 minutes straight for the title. Guys are going to be fighting for the finish because they don't want to be dragging ass in 18 minutes with no breaks, no water. You're going to get a different style of fighting. You're going to get something that's actually real, man. Right? And that's, yeah, man. <laughs> See boy saying uh, no headbutt rule. Mark Coleman thinking about coming out of retirement. Exactly. What a game changer that is to fighting in general. Just being able to headbutt somebody, okay? Like, there's so many. I don't. I don't think there are any pound for pound greatest if you can't do the headbutts. How are they with the headbutt? How are they? How are they up against the fence getting headbutted? How are they on their back getting headbutts? That's a real fight. I want. I don't want as real as I can get. I want real. I want real. I don't want guys being protected and stood up because they're not good enough to fight off their back. All right, main card, main card. Jumping right off. And Raul Rosas Jr. against Christian Rodriguez. And this was a stupid fight for Rosas corner team people to make. This guy, Rodriguez, was way too experienced. Um, and this is one of the things that I'm talking about, about pimps and hoes. Like, this guy got pimped out. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, Rosas is an adult. He can make his own decisions, he can fight whatever, but he has to be career-oriented. UFC only cares about squeezing the juice out of these guys, making as much money as they can off them right now, and getting rid of them. They do not care about developing fighters over a long term. If they were, they never would have set this fight up. They just want to be like, oh, look at this young guy. That's the youngest guy. Maybe he'll be champion, blah, 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 blah. And then we'll throw him in there, and then, oh, he gets beat up. Who cares? Throw him out. He's not good anymore. He's not going to get us the viewership we, we need. His kids, his... Uh, Q score or whatever isn't high enough. Let's just pass and go to somebody else. He's going to get rung through the ringer and, and thrown out. If they can make money off of him, they're going to they're going to keep feeding him to guys he shouldn't be fighting. He's going to get beat up. He's going to get injured. He's going to have long term serious health issues, and they're not going to care. <laughs> and they're not going to pay him enough compared to how much money they're going to make off of it for him to take care of himself. And that's just what's going to happen. They're going to chew him up, spit him out. Hopefully. Maybe not. Maybe he becomes the next uh, Vitor Belfort or one of those guys who, who was able to fight at a high level at a very young age. Andy Lee. I don't know if they use this anymore. I was talking about this with my girlfriend today. What is a Q score? I think that was the term for it. I think that was the term for it. I, I could be mistaken. I, I can't 100% remember, but it was around 10 years ago, uh, maybe 2010, 2000. Eight, anywhere between 2008 and 2012 probably. It was something they talked about at the UFC. Um, fighters like camp. We all came and had a meet, whatever, and they had presentations and they told us all this stuff. One of those things they told us about was like a Q score. And it was like a way for them to judge um, popularity of entertainers. Not just fighters, but all entertainers. So like if you were actor, singer, dancer, whatever, you were somewhere on that list, somewhere as Q score. And that had to do with like... Google searches and how popular your name was and how how much of a buzz was around, right? Here we go. There's a lot of jumping in on it. Q score or as popularity rating for celebrities. Yeah, that that's that's pretty much what it was, right? And um, yeah, he's saying it's still a thing, right? A lot of Vanguard saying Q score is still a thing. It is popularity score with celebs. Yes. 
they use that. They started using that a while ago to help pick which guys they wanted to push for fights, right? That has more to do, and honestly, that has a lot more to do with who gets what fights and which chances than actual skill and ability in fighting. How popular you are it has nothing to do with ability. That's why I say a lot of times it's not a sport. It's a, it's a production. This is a television show. It's a television show. They're not world titles. They're promotional titles. Everything is set up and rigged and leveraged to tell a story. And that's one of the things we're getting into kind of then is like the storylines. I don't think fighting is about fighting anymore. It's about the storylines. Uh, after, all right. So, yeah. So, Rosas, who knows what's up for next for him? Um, he's young, but it sucks, man, because what if he goes on like a little skid? He loses two more fights. They cut him. And then how, how you know, he never gets back into the UFC. He's not even 22 years old or 20 years old. And then, I don't know, man. I think they, I, they fucked his career. They fucked him up. I don't, I don't know what they were thinking. He needed way more experience. All right, next fight. Uh, Kevin Holland and Ponzinibbio. Uh, Ponzinibbio was doing great. It looked pretty good of a fight. And, um, yeah, I think it was kind of kind of back and forth. Santiago might have even been pulling ahead a little bit. But the athleticism of Holland comes through again. And, man, he, he is an athlete. He's an athlete. But I don't know. He seems to really struggle against guys in that, in that top 10 range, you know. Um, guys that are really technical strikers or guys that are really good wrestlers are going to give him problems. Uh, Rob Font was just too much power. Too much power in Rob Font's hands for Yanez. Uh, Yanez wasn't doing bad early on, but it just was a matter of time before Font was able to get his hands on him and do some real damage. Yeah, they, they cut people sometimes just to teach them a lesson, and then they'll sign them back for less money, <laughs> which was a threat they made to me some time ago it was my last my last promotional agreement when we negotiated they, they said um fine we'll give them we'll give them that it was like a three thousand dollar bonus per per win it's like ridiculous uh <laughs> yeah and uh they're like well whatever we'll sign we'll sign this one but he when he loses we're gonna cut him and we'll sign him back for half as much like that was that was what the hell is the threat they made at me for daring to negotiate for for a proper share of the work I was doing. How dare I? Andy Lee, technical question. All right, so yeah, Holland has a large reach advantage. He's long. So uh, Andy Lee saying, what was your strategy for overcoming huge reach advantage? Holland has 80 strings. You have to use a lot of head movement. You got to use a lot of head movement, a lot of pressure. Um, feints, head movement, pressure. You got to. You've got to, you've got to draw them out to punch. You've got to trick them into throwing a punch at where they think you're going to be and then making them miss. Okay? Fake shots, feints, always moving the head, trying to get your head to the chest. That's what you do with guys who are long. You got to get inside. So a lot of head movement and then angles if you can. Head movement and angles. It's a great way to go with it. 
Yes, you're right. A little midget say snake. <laughs> little midget. Um. <laughs> exactly. What a bastard I am. I should have been lucky. Uh, you know, I should have. I should have thanked my stars that I was even getting to do it. I should have done it for free. That's what I should have done. If I was a real fighter, I just would have done it for free. Right? Yeah. Again, UFC jackasses. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, guys. Hey, make sure you guys are uh, throwing likes. Throwing some likes on the uh, the thing. All right? Throw some likes in. Make sure you guys are going to the description also. I've got the... The self-defense, my practical self-defense course is out and available now. Check it out. It's all about staying up on your feet, right? Not getting hit, not taking damage, getting away. Safe, fundamental stuff, right? You're not trying to be Jason Bourne. You're trying to get away and not get injured. I got it there for you, all right? Um, in fact, I'll maybe even put it in the chat later. Then let's get to the coming event. And I don't understand this coming event. This, this is where we start getting to storylines and BS and manipulation by the UFC, I think, right? It's a coming event. When's the last time they had a co-main event? Co-main event that wasn't a five-round fight. Is this normal? You guys in the chat, is this normal? Is this a thing that's happened often? Because I don't, I don't think I've ever seen it. Right? It was a three-round fight. Why? I think I kind of know why. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong about them not doing three-round three, three uh, co-main event fights. But I always thought co-main events are main event. Main events are five rounds. Co-main events are five rounds. I thought that's the way it was. Really, three rounds is normal? Three rounds is normal for a co-main event, really? That's wild. I didn't I – didn't, I don't know. I, I'm – I'm asking him, yeah, he's, he gave me a statement saying yes, and then you don't know. Okay. Catonia saying, isn't it? I don't know. Really? Only a few times. I thought it was a pretty, I thought it was pretty often was non-title main events. So I guess just non-title main events are going to get the, the five rounds. I don't know. I thought it was. Okay. Yeah, see, it's it's even you guys are confused. All right, I don't feel so bad. All right, so <laughs> for pay per view, Andy Lee's trying to be real tactical here. Let's let's look for pay per views. Last two three rounds were uh, UFC two eighty five, Gaethje, Fizev, and two eighty one, Pimblet versus Gordon. I wonder if those are rigged. <laughs> So, like, my thing is, like, sometimes, like, they'll, they, like, Masvidal, I don't think, is a guy who is good at five rounds. He's not going to be good at five rounds. He's not a guy who strikes me as a cardio guy who's going to be able to grapple and then do it for five rounds very often, unless it's a very specific type of fighter, like an ADS who's going to want to stand also and not, not mix it up enough to, like, push that cardio pace. But Burns is a stud. Burns is a monster. And I don't know why they disrespect Gilbert Burns so much. You know, Gilbert Burns lives in Miami. <laughs> He's a Miami guy. He's been there for a long time. But he got no love from the UFC about being a, a Miami guy. He's fought nothing but monsters, right? So he's got his – he just beat Masvidal. He beat Neil Magny last. 
He's got to win. He lost to uh, Chimev, but like that was a good fight. That was a close fight. He didn't get destroyed, and he knocked Chimev down. He made him work, right? He made him look human. So it wasn't wasn't terrible. Um, Stephen Thompson. He lost to Usman. Beat Woodley. Beat Maia. Beat Nelson. Beat Kenchenko, beat Mike Davis. He's got a lot of wins. Alvin Mercer lost to Dan Hooker. That was a lightweight, so yeah, he's beefed up. That was not a good weight for him, I don't think. But yeah, okay, so Gilbert Burns, accomplished. He's a stud. Fights hard. I like Gilbert Burns. He's got power standing. He can wrestle pretty pretty well. He's can he's got good hips. He's he's solid. You know, his posture is really good when he wrestles. He wrestles like somebody who looks like he's wrestled, not just a jiu-jitsu guy who has some takedowns. He looks like a, he looks and moves like a guy who wrestled. Um and his jiu-jitsu is slick. He's got power. So he's a tough fight for anybody if he applies his game plan correctly. Um I didn't see any way for Massimo to win this fight. I didn't see him. He wasn't going to knock him out. He's going to be, you know, landing the flying knee on him. No, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, they just kind of pooped on him, and then they don't give him any attention. They don't really push him much. He is he in the talks for another title shot? Maybe he should be. And then um, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. You know, and then, yeah, so that's the thing. So Andy Lee's saying, like, uh, yeah, Masvidal is a big name to build off someone. But that's the thing is, like, I don't, you know, like, they didn't do anything to build his name off of. They gave him the win, but everything was about Masvidal, 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 his retirement, you know, the fights that he was having with Holland and all that drama also. That was all talked about way more. That storyline, this is one of the things – we'll kind of get into now is like the storylines, right? Everything's about storylines now. It's not about who's the best fighter. It's not about what the best techniques are. It's about what are the best stories. A lot of times it doesn't even matter what happens in the cage. That's just extra. If you have an extra highlight of a punch or a kick or something fancy, that's great. But they don't care. They only care about the cue store and the, and, and the, the storyline. What's the storyline? Oh, this guy is from this city where the fight's going to be at. And he did these things and blah, blah, blah. It's all about the extra. It's all about the outside stuff. The whole the whole UFC shtick now seems like everything about outside of the fight is what it's about. The fight is like this little bit of it out of this whole huge thing of the story in the background. I want to see the fights. I just care about the fights. I want to see the best possible technique, the best possible fighters, the best systems and strategies. I don't care about this. Well, I'm just going to put on a show. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, I want you to be exciting through technique and skill. It, it doesn't, I don't, just standing there and doing the Stefan Bonner and, and Forrest Griffin, that's not it for me. Like, those, those are fun fights to have every once in a while. But, like, it's everything now. It's every fight. It's all, it's all about now. It's just unbelievable. I can't stand it. <laughs> it really irritates me.
Yeah, uh, Jorge, yeah, he fights. He fights hard, and some of those fights are entertaining. I like watching him fight, but I, I personally don't think he's ever been a top 20 guy. You know, I don't think he should be the main card fighter. I think he should be on the main card, the main presentation. But, like, I don't – It's not. he's not good enough. He's just not good enough. Right? I want to see the best of the best. And entertaining, okay. But I just – like. I don't know. Like entertaining is like a display of multiple skills and a strategy and implementing that stuff. Just going out and acting like I'm the toughest guy in the world. I'm a gangster and I just close my eyes and throw crazy punches and we'll see where the the dice lays. You know? I just I don't know. Guys who can guys who are in the business for 15 to 20 years and they still don't know how to get off their damn back. Get out of here. <laughs> what? What is going on? You spent how many years doing nothing? It's like when they started standing people up in like 2009-ish, 2010, they started standing guys up a lot. That's when it really, really started coming through. Um, guys stopped fighting from their back. Guys gave up. They were just like, well, if I just, if I just stop the fight, if I just hold on and squeeze from my back, the ref will stand me up. I win. I win a position. I stall. I stall the fight. I slow the fight. I win the position. And what I say is 100% true because you guys seen me fight. Um, what's his name? Semtex, right? I fought him. He's actually laying on the ground as I'm hitting him, trying to hold my wrist and keep my guard closed and hold me tight. And he's talking to the ref. Why don't you stand us up? He's not He's not doing anything. I'm stopping him. He's saying it himself. He, he said out loud what all those guys have been doing for a decade. Right. Oh, I don't have to learn how to get out of bottom. I just have to hold on and stop the fight because everybody's going to boo the guy on top and the ref's going to stand me up. I'm going to get rewarded. So you have guys who fight, <laughs> fighting 20 years who still cannot get off their back. Mm. I am hurt here. Saying uh, UFC WWE merge seems like a disaster in the making. It was a disaster 20 years ago when they sat down with WWE and copied their business model. Dana White was sitting in a room with Phil Baroni and people from the WWE, and he was copying their merchandising agreement and copying how they ran their structure, their business. UFC is pro wrestling. Their business model is pro wrestling. It's that's it's all about storylines. Has nothing to do about sport. I'm not saying the fights are real or rigged. I'm saying they're heavily leveraged. You also have a company who has access to all of their health records, the UFC Performance Institute, all of their strength, VO2 max, blood levels, everything. They have access to all of that. They have access to all that stuff from all their fighters. They get to match make all of those fighters and they get to gamble. They get to gamble on all of those fighters. There is nothing that restricts anybody who works for the UFC from gambling on fights. And the UFC is pushing promotion and stuff from all of these betting firms. It sounds really fishy and freaking illegal. It sounds really illegal to me. Hugely illegal. Oh, yeah. Paul Daly. That's the syntax. Yeah. Oh, 
All right. So I don't know. I feel like that Burns a little dirty. I feel like he should have gotten more, more props. I don't feel like they ever give him enough props for as good of a fighter he is. He's not in the conversation enough. And I think the reason is because he doesn't have um, out of the cage antics that other guys do. He's not fucking around, getting in trouble, cheap shotting people, not getting arrested, not getting busted for cocaine and running over pregnant ladies. He's not doing any of that shit. So like his storyline isn't as exciting <laughs> as some of the other guys. So he doesn't get pushed. I don't I don't think that's I don't think that's good. I don't like it. He deserves a better promoter. And let's get into this main card. Okay. Main card. All right. Watching the fight. Watching this fight. Um to me, it was very obvious that Piera was winning the whole fight all the way through. It seems like he was doing the most damage, landing the most. Izzy was running away and doing his elusive thing, which he always does. And I, I, all he ever does to me, from what I see, is he runs away, runs away, runs away, and draws guys into chasing him. And when they run in to chase him, he catches him with something explosive. It's kind of like a, a MVP. Right, a little bit more smooth, and I think he's got more tools, the MVP, and he does less crazy stuff than the MVP. But it's very, very, very similar in that style. Um, the last fight, Pierre, you know, stayed in front, came forward, chopped him down. I think it was a great uh, performance. He did get caught once when he kind of rushed in. He got caught. Same thing in this fight. He's winning the whole fight. I think he's dominating. He's landing big punches. He hurts Izzy. It looks like he hurts him. And then he presses him. Gets caught. Right? And everybody's acting like Izzy just, you know, I don't know, defeated this guy and like put him away and like this guy's nothing now. I'm sorry, but this guy's three to one. It's three to one in the series. And in my view, from the fights that I've seen, Piera has performed better throughout those fights. I think he is the superior athlete, superior fighter. It's superior. I think he is superior. If they fight again, I think Piera probably wins. I just think he's a better fighter. And maybe Izzy is a better fighter and could take him down and beat him up on the ground and mix things up. But he doesn't really do that. I just I don't feel like if these guys fight 10 times, I think Pierre is probably winning eight of them, maybe nine. But the attitude that everybody's having is like, oh my God, it's the most amazing performance ever. Like he threw two good punches. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, he got caught. I think Pierre got caught. Uh, Happens. Happens to the best of us. But they're already trying to push him out, push him away. Dana White made statements. Um, it's a bloody elbow article saying, uh, this is Dana White said about Piera, right? He said, honestly, I think Piera moves to 205 after this fight. He's a monster. I know that he still had like two pounds to cut and it was an hour left for weigh-ins. So, yeah, I'm not saying he's moving to 205, but I'm assuming he is. You can ask him. It wouldn't surprise me. I would bet anything he moves to 205 after this fight. Those are the things that 
he's stated. So I think he's already he's already told him. He's already made up his mind. I think he knows that Pierre is going to f- move up. He doesn't want him to beat Izzy again. He doesn't want him. There's, there needs to be a mix-up at 205. He needs new blood in there. He needs a big champ to get behind there. Maybe that's why he wants him to move up. He thinks that's going to create more storylines, better storylines. I don't know, though. What do I know? It's not even a trilogy fight. Roxy DePew says Izzy doesn't want the trilogy fight. Of course he doesn't. He's already lost the guy three times. He's been knocked out twice. And I I, I mean, uh, yeah, he's celebrating the win and all that stuff. Cool. Celebrating the win. But like, he did like the flop in front of the kid's son. <laughs> Sorry, but like, he still got two knockouts over you and three and three wins. Like that doesn't if I if I smash my kids <laughs> in a game 50 times and they beat me once. They get a right to be like, oh, I'm the greatest ever. I'm like, bro, you beat me one time. <laughs> Come on. Grow up, kid. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm so big. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Hemsmere. Hemsmere saying Dana's forced to move too high. I think so, too. I think they want some new blood there. I did see um, Jan was saying that they should have a rematch, him and Izzy at 185. I think that would be. That would be fun. Uh, and this is the biggest thing, too, about that fight that we all need to take into consideration. Bo Nickel probably beats both of those guys fairly easily in the first one or two rounds. Right? But they haven't built the storyline up yet, so they can't push him through. <laughs> it's not a sport, guys. It's a production. It's a damn pro wrestling television show. There is no sport in any way that that shows ascension to title it's it's ugly it's ugly we need ind- independent titles we need cross promotion we have to have it otherwise it's not a sport it's pro wrestling and now that they've bought the WWE it's 100% pro wrestling you're going to see storylines now that cross over from MMA to pro wrestling to back and that disgusts me I absolutely hate pro wrestling. I hate it. I'm sorry, guys. I have no nice things to say about it. And i sorry if you are a fan of it. I do lose a little bit, a couple points of respect for you because it's, it's 100% a feminine thing. Oh, I have a story about the fight. You hear what he said to that guy about this thing? You've got huge ovaries. If you get excited about that, I want to see the technique. I want to see the fight. I don't care what somebody said. I don't care what their name is. Maybe I'll care if they show me some awesome techniques. And I'll be like, hey, that's that guy who did that thing. But I don't, I don't care about, oh, you reset? Oh, that's awesome. What a gangster. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry. AMS says people love drama. No, women love drama. Women love drama and effeminate men. If you got low testosterone, you love drama. You need to, if you love that drama, you need to get your testosterone checked. I don't care if I lose viewers permanently over this. Go, get away, get your low T ass off my channel. All right. Sorry, but it is what it is. Male soap opera. Yeah, for people with low testosterone, somebody who drinks way too much beer, who has way too high a body fat count, watches a lot of nonsense, probably is unaccomplished. 
doesn't have a good job, doesn't make money, probably. Right? I just, it's just, it's just so gross to me. Because, like, if you know the history of, like, pro wrestling, because wrestling was, it was a real thing. Like, people traveled to town and town and city and city, and they had real wrestling matches. They would wrestle the top guys, the strongest guys in that, in that area, in that town. And it became a a thing with the promoters rigging fights and making fake things because they found out it was easier to control storylines and sell to dummies. (laughs) So they, they robbed the honor of the sport with this nonsense. And now you've got grown fat, effeminate men who call grappling gay. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? Man. All right. I had a little, I had a little, I had to get that out. (laughs) So there's a lot of people who I do like and they're nice people, but come on. Like we have fighting. We have, we had no NHB. We had no holds barred. Now we have MMA. Why do we need, why do we need it? Why do we need this fake nonsense? We have the real thing. We don't have to have these fake guys in their tights pretending to be mad at each other. I don't get it. I do. Oh, well, it's the story. We already have the real thing. It's like, man, can we watch MMA, Mom? No, we have MMA at home. And you get home and it's Hulk Hogan and Iron Sheik. Yep, that's true. James Y. Pro wrestling all rooted from catch wrestling. Yep, catch is catch can, which was just a uh, rudimentary form of jujitsu. It was just grappling, submission grappling. You grab something, twisted it until they said uncle. That's what that's what catch right catch is catch can wrestling. Uh that's what it is. It's uncle. Right? Sometimes they'd have special rules where you couldn't fish hook or eye gouge, but sometimes they didn't. And then you got, I, I follow this group, I follow this Instagram page, and they do, it's no rules street fights. And they're going and find little parking garages and other things on concrete. Guys can wear what they want. Some guys are on jeans, they got their shoes on, and they fight bare knuckles. And I saw one, the guy's in on a single leg, and the guy's fish hooking his face, and the guy's in on the single leg, and he's hitting him. He's hitting him. <laughs> Like as he's as he's fish hooking him, pulling the lip, and the other guys kind of like pull a single all down on him. It's nuts. I don't know. That's nuts. Uh Vanguard asking, have you trained any OC gyms, John? There was one a long time ago. I'm pretty shut down. It's like Oyama, Oyama's gym down there. It was, you know, 15 years ago, something long time ago. Uh, I mean, you can't, you can't blame him. Drunken boxing saying Colby saying on submission radio, he plans to go to fake fighting. Most of these people aren't real fighters, man. They're Instagram models doing stunts to make money. I'll get punched in the face for that money. I don't got nothing else to do. I don't want to actually work hard and be good. I just want to get the money. So, like, I don't think they'd have a problem jumping ship and doing the pro wrestling stuff. Yep, that's the guy. 
Oh, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, Oyama is an Irvine. Yep, I trained with him a long time ago. Yeah, it was just because my ex uh, went to school down there. So I would go down there sometimes, and then uh, I trained a couple, a couple times. Yes, I am here. I I was there for it. I was in Vegas because I was trying to, I was trying to piece together a reality TV show with me and Phil Baroni and other other some other fighters and stuff. And we we're trying to go for like a um, entourage type style, bromance, dude, dudes doing cool stuff uh, type thing. We sold it internationally, but it was it had an international distributor who was ready to go with it, but. We couldn't we couldn't get a deal here. I think A and E or I can't remember who it was, but somebody we were talking to. But that went away and then Phil like disappeared and I don't know what's going on. And he, that last next I hear him, you know, Phil kind of disappeared. And the next thing I know, he's in a Mexican prison right now. Um and yeah, Bonner has all kinds of issues. Oh, Pat, yo. Yes, I've seen some of this. Karjitsu is my new favorite random thing to watch. I, um, I'll um, i show you some of these. They do this, and this uh, guy I, I follow, I work with, um, called Busted Ear Brian. And uh, I'm going to go through here and see if I can find his uh, thing real quick so you can see some of the stuff because they do they do weapons training they do car training because people you know uber drivers and stuff people get into your car and uh pull a gun pull a knife you gotta like figure you gotta figure something out you gotta do something um but yeah i'm gonna share i'm gonna share this you guys will like this all right so here's one Car fight. Breaks things down. There's a gun. Looking at his hands. The guy fights for it. He's not complying. And then it shows training. It shows him actually training us. Right? They teach distractions, grabbing, using pressure. It's pretty good stuff. You can see how they access, but they they use sim rounds like. They're pulling real guns that shoot paint paint bullets at each other while they're while they're in in the car fighting for positions and stuff. That stuff's that stuff's real. Like all these guys who always be like, "Oh, well, I'll just carry a gun." Like they've never even watched something like this where you, you have somebody, you have two guys standing way. You don't know. You're not sure if the guy has a weapon. Whatever. He's being aggressive. You have a weapon. And that guy is being aggressive and loud to you, and then he makes a move towards you. Like if you're if you're within like six feet of that guy, you're not you're not pulling your gun. Like these are like trained guys, trained trained combatives guys, uh, seals, marines, uh, uh, rangers, police officers, and they're still not accessing their weapon clean, racking and firing at the guy before he gets hands on him. So like it's just man, it's so irritating to hear people. I just carry a gun, so I don't have to learn martial arts. Okay, good, good. You go out and be a victim. Bye. Go away. Yeah, Dave Camarillo is in the Bay Area still. He was he was like on set for like 14 months for John Wick 4, though. It's pretty cool. You got to you got to teach uh, 
uh, Keanu some jiu-jitsu. They got pictures of him and, and Keanu in their gorilla jiu-jitsu geese. Pretty awesome. It's really awesome. But um, Dave's got his flying attack stuff, judo flying submission stuff. So I think he put a lot of cool choreography together for Keanu to, to do. <laughs> <laughs> I will just wear a bomb vest. Easy enough here. You still got to hit that button, man. You still got to hit that button before something happens. <laughs> That's fast, man. John Fox saying you need to be able to draw and put a round on target within 2.5 seconds. That's fast. That's that's crazy. And and you're talking about a situation where you're you maybe you're getting jumped out of nowhere. Somebody's coming out that you weren't ready for. This isn't like you're like, oh, wait a minute, I see I sense trouble. I'm gonna get my hand on my gun and wait. Like that's usually not how it happens. Like the people who attack you with intent, usually it's it's they, they see you as some kind of victim or target in the first place. Man, happens fast too. <laughs> we gotta talk about Hezbollah, Hezbollah smacking a cat. Uh, yeah, I don't don't hurt animals, but I think you might be getting too much heat for the severity of the smack. Unless I I saw a cut version, I didn't see the whole thing. It didn't look like a big smack, but yeah, he should probably be talked to. Don't don't hurt animals, and especially don't film yourself committing crimes. <laughs> just just don't do it, guys. So do it. If I can give you one piece of advice that you take with you right now, guys, don't film yourself committing crimes. Don't. It's not. It's not smart. And then, and then, don't talk about committing crimes after you've committed them. Just don't. <laughs> it never happened. Yeah. You know, Vanguard saying, "Nah, I saw footage of it. It was kind of messed up, but kind of funny." The guy's got to be kind of angry at life, man. He's got people. Could you imagine being a grown man, a 20-year-old man, right? He's like 19, 20, 21-year-old man. And people pick you up off the ground without your permission and kiss you. Can you imagine that shit? I'd carry a knife, bro. I'd carry a knife. And these mother grabbers grab me, trying to kiss me on the nose and the neck and shit. I'm stabbing you, bro. <laughs> so I don't, 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 <laughs> don't you freaking kiss me. What are you? Ugh. <laughs> it's like the, uh, you guys remember Roger Rabbit, right? Who framed Roger Rabbit? You remember the uh, the baby? Was the baby, he smoked a cigar. Ah. <laughs> that's, that's how, that's what I would be. That's the, that's the uh, Hezbollah I would be if I was him. Would not be so nice. Pepper spray, a knife, little, little tiny switchblade, custom made that fits in his hand. Hamzamir saying, what do other fighting organizations need to do to become famous? They need to support the Ali Act MMA and the help and the UFC monopoly. It's the only way. Otherwise, you're always going to be subservient to the UFC. You're going to have to suck the UFC's dick 
in order to get on their fight pass. And you're going to have to work with only UFC promote uh, um, managers. You have to work with UFC everything. You have to pick fighters and put fighters that the UFC likes on your cards. It, you end up working. You have to work for them. It's it's not possible otherwise. So you have to break up that monopoly. If you want to do it without being second fiddle to them and sucking them off, you got to break up the monopoly. That's it. Ha! <laughs> oh! John Fox laying the big facts, and it's going to hurt some feelings, but uh, he's saying, also, many people are too fat to carry inside waistband. So reaching around to your six carry takes away too much time. Yeah, way too much time. 70% of people are overweight, right? So if you're carrying extra weight, you're, you're making it much harder for you to draw that weapon. Man. Oh. Hamzamir, we've talked about this before, saying why aren't Bellator promoting their fights? I don't think, I think a lot of these organizations do not make money from viewership. I do not, I think so at all. I think they package uh, their product so it looks really nice to investors. And I think that's where they make their money from. I think maybe uh, they're making money from sponsorships also. And, you know, the commercial times and the slots in their shows. I think they make enough money from those things that the, the viewership doesn't matter as much. It's a cheap, it's a cheap product to make because they can pay the athletes so little. A lot of people like it. It's one of those things that like it's evergreen because people it's like watching fights. So you may not know who's fighting at all, but you know, oh, there's a fight on, I'll just watch that, you know, cause it's just, a, it's a fight. People like watching fights. Your, your fight's always going to catch your eye, no matter where it is or what's going on. You know, you're having, you're having lunch at the park and two bums start fighting. You're going to, you're going to watch. I don't care who you are. You're going to be like, Oh my God, I can't believe there's violence in public. Oh, I'm leaving. No, you're going to be like, Oh wow, man. Smokey Joe's got a big right hand. Ronnie P, I mean, this sounds nice. Um, he says, just like YouTube channel, you like, subscribe, and share. Do the same thing with Bellator, one PFL, et cetera. Okay, so first off, YouTube's a rigged game. It's a rigged algorithm. If you don't talk about the right things, if you don't have the right things, if you're not the right sex, if you're not the right gender ideology, not the right color of skin, you don't get pushed in the algorithm. So regardless of how many people like and subscribe and share your stuff, people get unsubscribed. Your like counts don't matter because the other ones get promoted by bots. And and you get a lot of your stuff just muffled. Um, when you're talking about these other promotions, them getting more popular does nothing for the athletes because there's still only one title. UFC bought all those titles. There's no way to take people's eyes away from the UFC right now. The next three organizations compared to UFC, 
together make like one-tenth of the money the UFC does. It's not even close. There's zero competition, literally zero competition financially when you're talking about these MMA promotions. They're, they're so far down. The number two is so far down. Like it's like they don't exist. You have to understand that. And the reason is they bought up the top titles. All the focus has been to that title, UFC title. And really, if you really want my answer, like my, my solution to this problem is, and this isn't the MMA FA, this isn't any other fighters, this is me and my idea. UFC needs to split. UFC needs to become a sanctioning body. No longer sign fighters, no longer put on events. UFC becomes a sanctioning body, its own company. And then you have uh, Zufa that's owned by William Morris becomes a promotion. And then they promote fighters who fight for the UFC title, which is an independent title. You may be able to sign a bunch of the promotions together to make one promoter league. That could be really good. I think that would be a smart way to do things. And then, then you have, you know, 10, 15 promotions all within the UFC sanctioning bottle body title. I think that works way better for a lot of people because UFC gets to keep their, their branding stuff. They still keep getting to make money from the merchandising stuff, but they don't have to put on shows anymore. So they won't have that cost of putting on the shows. And the other promotions will put on shows. They'll cross promote. I think it's a better, way better system. Everybody makes money that way. Everybody makes money. Yeah, AMS, I saw that. I saw Jake Paul getting chased off by those guys. It's not, I mean, no shame in that. Like, why? Okay, he's going to get in a fight with him, and now there's legal issues. Or one of those, one of Mayweather's guys has guns, and they pull a gun, and they shoot him. He, he makes millions of dollars fighting professionally. Why would he do something so stupid? Right, I, I lose. I don't lose respect for him from walking away from that. I have more respect for him from doing that because he's smart enough and intelligent enough to walk away from a bad situation. There's no winning that situation. There's no winning. He goes in there, knocks out Floyd Mayweather, and Floyd Mayweather sues him. Now, now he's got Floyd Mayweather guys trying to gun him down in Vegas casinos. Well, how is that? How is that the way to do anything? It's ridiculous. What's he going to do? Then he's going to get a crew of guys turn into a gang war. Oh, I got my crew of guys and your crew guys. And we got guns. You got guns. Like, it's ridiculous. It's stupid. It's really stupid. Hire. If he really wants to hire, he can hire some uh, off-duty police officers to be his bodyguards. And if something like that happens, they flash badges. Like, what the fuck are you doing, guys? <laughs> you threatening somebody in public? That would be one way to deal with it. Ah, John Fox. Yes and no. Says love when everybody cheered for Trump at UFC. Ah, yes and no. I, I I like it in the sense that everybody's like screw this administration and what these crazy leftists are trying to push and do to the world. It's gross. But Dana White and and Trump together is not good. Dana White's a piece of shit. Like you shouldn't want somebody like <laughs> Donald Trump or the president being associated in any way with some dirtball who smacks his wife in public and, and faces no repercussions for it whatsoever. And then on top of that, Donald Trump is the one who blocked the vote. He's the one who blocked the original uh, subcommittee hearing. We had a subcommittee hearing. They were going to have a vote on it, pass it through. We would have had a vote for the Muhammad Ali Extension Act 
got buried, got put at the bottom of the pile. Why? Because of Trump. The whip of the subcommittee hearing was one of Trump's guys, and he and he pulled it. I will say, though, Mark Wayne Mullen, uh, who was a congressman when he introduced our bill, he's now a senator. And I also saw Mark Wayne Mullen with Trump at the NCAAs. That, to me, is more significant and more important and much better to see than him with Dana White. Dana White's a piece of shit. Absolute horrible human being. You think you think Trump's getting in a lot of trouble for the, the prostitute stuff, paying off a, a, a stripper, hooker, whatever, Stormy Daniels. Wait till they dig through <laughs> Dana White's history. Ooh. It's just, it's just don't do business with shitty people, guys. It's only going to taint you. It's only going to taint you. Uh, that's a good point, too. He's not perfect. Trump was pushing the jab really hard. He's the one that initiated the lockdowns. He's the one that started this nonsense. Uh, he also didn't do shit for the J6 people. Like, that was such a, that's such a ridiculous, nonsensical thing. You know somebody's just a bad person if they believe that shit. And they're pushing that shit. Litmus test right there. I don't even want to call him Lex Luthor. It's too cool of a name. <laughs> Douchebag Dana. All right, guys. All right, guys. Um, hoping you guys enjoyed the show. I enjoyed the show. Enjoyed talking to you. Anybody else got some... Uh, Oh, Jesus. I didn't. Yeah, there's so many bad stories. How does Mira saying Dana White killed Rachel Lee's kid when she was pregnant? He banged a lot of the uh, the ring girls, a lot of them. This is a, yeah, Chimev wins this fight. Chimev wins this fight. Yeah, I've never, I have not seen a really solid wrestler other than um, Weidman at middleweight. Rockhold was funky and had some takedowns, but like he stopped using his wrestling. So, and you know, y'all, Ramiro, like he never, he just stood there and tried to land big bombs. He didn't really do a lot of wrestling either. Yeah, Spidey Sense is saying, does something happen with YouTube if you cross 10,000 subs? It seems highly inorganic that your channel isn't cracking 10,000. There is so much tomfoolery going on with likes and all this subscriptions and other stuff, not just on YouTube, but Twitter, even after Elon, Instagram. It's it's nonsense, dude. Like the the growth is very in uh, inconsistent. It'll jump up and drop down real fast out of nowhere. And it's not like I, I had a heated post or anything. It just it's just random. It seems like completely random. It's just it's very frustrating. I will say though that uh, 
Rockfin, guys, sign up. Go to Rockfin. I keep getting members there. I'm at uh, almost 13,000 on Rockfin. You know, if I if I started making actual serious money on Rockfin, I would just leave YouTube. Screw it. Like, why am I helping these guys make money with advertisements? You know, you guys give me super chats. They take like 30% of it. We take 30%. <laughs> government, federal government takes 30 to 33%. California state income tax is going to take 13% of it. It's crazy, guys. It's crazy. That's what, what? 30, 30, 60, 73, 73%. You guys give me a $100 super chat, $73 gone. How how is this not a socialist country? How is this not already communist? You're ridiculous. You're you're kidding me. Yeah, that and that's that's where I fall. That's where I sit. You know, Trump's better than Biden. Hundred percent. Tyler Durden, a stupid name, and says Trump is better than Biden. No political crap intended. Hundred percent. I'm not saying he's great. I'm not saying I love him. Um, but yeah, he's better than. He's better than that. Hamzamir, I uh, I would I'd be open to doing a show with Owen Benjamin. I like Owen Benjamin. I've been following him for a very long time. Uh, I finally found him again on uh, what is it? The one thing. Telegram. He's got a Telegram channel, so I watched some of his stuff, and he just makes a lot of sense. He had a little post today about how. He 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 doesn't like he never feels depressed. He doesn't feel sad, and he, and he doesn't know any other homesteaders that ever feel that way too. And he he's like talking about talking about how you have like things that you do that take time to develop. You know, you have planted some fruit trees. It's going to take years before they develop fruit. So it's something to look forward to. He was talking about his manure pile and how it takes about a year to turn it into good soil. He's like, oh, I get to I get to look forward into watching that develop, and in a year I'll get to plant stuff in that soil. And he's right. When you have a bunch of stuff to do all the time that's fun and time-consuming and you're, like, fixing your place and doing stuff in your property, it's hard to get sad. It really is. You have a lot to look forward to. You have a lot of future stuff to plan for. It's not all immediate right now, what's in front of me. Why? That's stupid. <laughs> the rich people really don't pay that much taxes and the government just keeps printing more money. It's theft. It's hundred percent theft. They're robbing you. These people are evil and they're stealing from you. They don't do anything good with it. They waste it and they go to war and kill people. I don't like the schools. I don't like the roads. I don't think they do anything worthwhile that I enjoy. The only thing I think is kind of good is the parks. They have the parks reserved, park services reserved. So people can't, overdevelop some of those habitats. I like that. It's about it. It's about it. All right. America was great when government was teeny tiny and the people had more power than the government. Now that's, that's long ago, long gone.
Hmm. Spidey Sense saying RFK Jr. is the best declared candidate, in my opinion. He is a Democrat, but he will be absolutely crushed by the DNC. Politics is really just theater worldwide. You're right. They'll they'll turn on him like they did uh what's her name from Hawaii. I met her, she was nice. Uh, but she had to turn to a Republican because she got kicked out of her party because she wasn't leftist enough and she didn't want to go leftist enough. So she had a switch. But uh, RFK, I think he, he co-sponsored. He might have co-sponsored. He might have helped out with our bill too. But he might be, he might be okay. But I don't trust any of these guys, honestly. Massey, I like Massey. But I don't think he's running for... Tulsi, that's who. Yep, Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi was cool. All right, guys. All right. I've been rambling a long time. Happy Easter to all y'all. Um, hoping you guys have a good, have a good one. Have a good week. See you guys next week. More fights coming up. I think there'll be bare knuckles and stuff to talk about. But yeah, Owen Benjamin's interesting person. He might be too smart for me though. He might be. He might talk circles around with me. It's intimidating. Dude can play like multiple instruments. His kids are all pretty talented. He's a threat. <laughs> He's a threat to the left. He must be stopped. Pat, yo, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I love you guys. Thanks for watching. Um, check you all later.